Hello everyone, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at iamcanvasativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at iamcanvasativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at Podcast. You can also check out and subscribe to our podcast on Anchor FM, iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Music Store, Pocket Casts, and other platforms like it. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs and spread this project throughout the United States and hopefully the entire planet. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon and support us. We plan on doing big things with our humble little projects, such as going to trade shows, visiting other MMJ or recreational states, doing on-field, and doing on-field work. By supporting us, it helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, and equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to anchor.fm slash podcast slash support. So there's like a question that like sort of keeps being sort of asked and has been floated about for quite a bit of time. And, um... I would say for like the duration of this month, I, 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 I've heard this discussed by activists. I've heard this discussed by, um, by, by canvas pioneers and just, um, just everyone all across the sort of spectrum. And, um, that, that question is, um, you know, as, as you know, as the, of, of the time of this recording, um, the cannabis holiday and celebration and sort of protest, um, 420 is in four days as of the time of this recording. Um, it's April 16th right now. Um, 420 is on Saturday, this Saturday. And, you know, and despite the fact that Canada has legalized adult use federally all across Canada and, um, 10 U.S. states and 10 U.S. states have legalized adult use and, uh, including D.C. And then, um, also, um, 33 states or 34-ish have medical, and I think a couple other states have, um, CBD-only laws, so it's, it's, marijuana is legal in some form or another in 40-something states, but, but a lot of people are, are asking the question, or, or flaming the question, do we still need we still need 420 parades and 420 celebrations and 420 protests and 420 advocacy and, you know, pride, like, like LGBT people have or whatever. Do we still need that despite its growing acceptance and despite the fact that a lot of, of, of states and a lot of countries have legalized it? And my, my answer to that question, the short answer is yes. Absolutely Yes. The long answer is we were still dealing with reefer madness, you know, throughout our society, throughout the, the, the world. You know, we've all, you know, like I've said in the last episode, anyone born before 92, 93, you know, has grown up in the 1990s and, and, and aughts. And 
And um, if you're a Gen Xer, you grew up in the 80s, 70s, and some of you 60s. And boomers grew up in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. So it's so like most of the population at large, even 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 if they even if they support cannabis reform, have been fed a lot of toxic things about cannabis. You know, we still need to re-educate people. We still need to break down barriers and stigmas. You know, despite it still despite it being legal. You know. In all 10 states in the United States that have legalized it, you cannot smoke in public. Yet, you're allowed to smoke cigarettes, which has been proven, which which ha has secondhand smoke that, that, that has been proven to, to harm people. Let me give you a story. So, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kid of the 90s, and um, my older sister worked in Wendy's in the 1990s. And um, she never touched a cigarette in her entire life. And um, she had, in Wendy's in like the 1990s and a lot of restaurants in the 90s and 80s and even before that had smoking sections. I mean, a lot of, a lot of um, G Generation Z people, this is going to guarantee, people over a, of a certain age are going to get this, but P Generation Z folks, you know, they're going to be looking at, they're going to be looking at, they're going to be looking at me like I got two heads. But yeah, that happened, you know, and you were able, like when you went to a restaurant in the 90s and up until the aughts when they started putting these smoking beds nationwide, like the, the, the waiter, the waiter or the host would always ask you, do you want a smoking section or do you want a non-smoking section? And even, if, even most of the time, like when I, I remember growing up getting, going to eat, there was, um, a, there, you know, we always went, we always went to the non-smoking section because my family, my family were not smokers, but, um, but even though my sister never touched cigarettes, she would come home every single day smelling like an ashtray, you know, because she'd have to go to the smoking section, pick up trays, you know, ask if, if, if people are content with their order or anything like that. I remember it clear as day in the mid nineties. You know, when my my sister was a teenager and worked Wendy's, and the reason why I bring that up is that we know to tobacco for a long time causes cancer. Even the secondhand smoke can cause damage to people that don't even touch it. You know, even just being around it is is, is toxic to a lot of people, and 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 your clothes end up smelling like it if you're in an area where everyone is doing it. You know, but somehow we allow cigarette smoke to be to happen, you know, within 20, 30, 50 feet of a building. You know, people would cry foul if if, if people didn't have places to smoke cigarettes because it's it's been a part of the culture for so gosh darn long that it, people would look at you like you had two heads if they started put, pushing public smoking bans. And saying that landlords could ban you from smoking it outside the property. You know, people would raise a sink and people would raise hell. And that person that proposed that that, that bill or that that law reform, they would get kicked out of office. Like, that's just how it would go, you know. But with marijuana, like, in all these ten states, you know, 
you have situations where um, if you don't outright own your own property, like I've been saying in so many other episodes, you don't really have a place to use. Your, your landlord can ban it. Your your employer can maintain a drug fee work environment, and um, you have people that work for that have federal jobs that you know even if their own child has like a like has epilepsy or, or sickness and needs medical marijuana there you know people there are people in this country that um that because federal jobs have a zero tolerance policy towards cannabis even being affiliated with it or helping out a family member or spouse you know they're in da- they're constantly in danger of losing their jobs so we still have a long 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 way to go in terms of fostering acceptance for the plant overall and, ha- and making sure that everyone who needs it has access to it we have our work cut out for us you know you have people in certain who work certain jobs certain certain jobs that give the, their family a good living and provide for their family and you know they contract certain illnesses and they hear that cannabis can help for that illness but because they work at a job that drug tests and because their kids are relying on their income and they don't want to become homeless they continue putting dangerous pharmaceuticals like antidepressants or anxiety pills or, you know, um, immunosuppressants or just any any of these sort of toxic drugs that are just so corrosive, you know. People continue putting that in their bodies because their insurance will pay for it, but their insurance won't pay for cannabis, you know. And then you have people that are like, I, I know I can benefit medically or, or, or whatever from cannabis, but I'm not going to check it out because my landlord in my lease says that cannabis is not allowed and I can get kicked out if I'm, I'm smoking or vaping it in my apartment or in my rental. You still have that as a problem for everyone. You don't have universal access. In adult use states, only 20% of a given population in all these 10 states are regular cannabis users, despite it being totally legal for adults over 21. Why is that? It's because people, like I said, we, none of us, if we were born after 9293, none of us were born, none of us were born or grew up in a vacuum. We grew up, we all grew, Xers, Xers, millennials, and boomers grew up with dare. They grew up with dare. They grew up in Nancy Reagan telling them that drugs are bad. They grew up with Ronald Reagan and, and, and Bush Bush one telling them that drugs are for losers. People people who do, who do it don't get good jobs and get drug tested and aren't are you know they don't get to have a middle class life with property and and the whole nine yards. You know that's what people have been brainwashed into thinking in our society for just so long. You know we. St- still have a lot of work to do and we still need 420 parades we still need 420 protests we still need 420 activist advocacy we still need people talking about these issues like housing like job discrimination like um you know making it making it easy and accessible for small businesses to to um to get in it in the legal cannabis industry as opposed to giant mega corporate multi-state or multi-province corporations that you know they're just in it for the money and you know weren't doing weren't doing 
weren't doing an a- and advocating for cannabis when it was illegal. You know, they're just profiting off the current craze right now. Whereas you have growers, you have growers that put their freedom and put their necks on the line to provide cannabis when no state had it legal and, you know, meeting that demand. I, I, I follow people on Twitter that were, that have been growing since the 80s. They've been growing for almost four effing decades, you know, and people like that who I love are, are being screwed over by, by current cannabis adult use implementation and medical because they're making it so the barriers are, of entry are so high that you have to have millions of dollars lying around to have a shot at going legit. The only people that are able to go legit are the big mega corporations. So that's another thing we need to protest and that's another thing we need to raise awareness for. And also we've been... Cannabis users, whether medical or adult use, um, have been perse- prose- persecuted for a long, long time. Have been persecuted for 70, 80 years. Since the 30s, you know, cannabis was far part of our, was part of the American pharmacopoeia for, for a lot of the 19th and maybe early 20th century. You know, it was, consi- it was 43% of medicines you know, in, in, in the 1900s and 1800s. 40% of medicines had cannabis in them. But then the 1930s when Aslinger Ass, or whatever started saying that black, black people and Latino people think that they're equal to white people when they smoke the cannabis and that, you know, we have to wage war on, on cannabis because the wrong people that we don't like use it. And all those other racist and xenophobic reasons. And then, then you have cannabis being vilified, you know, and then you have Reagan, no, you have uh, Tricky Dick Nixon in the 70s um, creating the Controlled Substance Act, you know, and, and, and waging a war on, on, on black and brown people and hippies. And then you have the 1980s when Ronald Reagan, you know, pushes and, and, and takes the drug war up mock... 40 or whatever and then in the night in the mid 80s or late 80s you know you had ronald reagan instituting a policy where all federal workers had to be drug tested and then private corporations took cue from that and then started drug testing everyone and and that's why in 2019 you have all these companies that drug test you know and you have people being myself included being excluded out of the middle class because we choose to use this as a medicine so of course 420 is needed it's a silly question it's a silly question and a silly thought to be like we don't need it anymore we're not done the work ain't done it ain't done we as activists have to continue to work to normalize cannabis and make it accept accessible and accepted in our society like alcohol the part of why I do this podcast is because I want that 20% number to go up. You know, remember when I said 20% of, of people in adult use states or 20% of adults use it on a regular basis. Whereas I looked up at alcohol, it's like 80 some percent of, of grown adults over 21 use alcohol. 80 some percent. I want that number to be equal. I want that 20% number to go to 80%. It should go even to 90 because Cannabis, in, in a lot of cases, has been proven 
to, to cure cancer, to treat cancer, to treat migraines, to treat epilepsy, to treat PTSD, to treat a whole host of sicknesses and illnesses. Yet, because of reefer badness, you know, people aren't aware of that. And people don't have access depending on the state they live in. So in short, I mean, so long story, yes, we do need this. We do need 420. And I know I'm going to probably buy myself a nice sativa pre-roll and probably celebrate 420 um, on Saturday. Or maybe troll my friends if I have if I, if I have enough of my budget this payday or whatever. Who knows? But we do need 420 and we're going to need it until we're going to continue to need it until we're going to continue to need it indefinitely. It's not something we're ever going to really need to get rid of, you know, 2015, the Supreme court said that, that LGBT people are supposed to have equal rights and no one can deny that to them. But four years later, we still have pride parades because gay people have been prosecuted and have been, have been, you know, mistreated for so gosh darn long. And this, in 2019, you still have homophobia. You still have them not getting a fair shake in our society. So they're continuing to celebrate their identities and, and push for acceptance. Cannabis is very similar. We need to continue to push for acceptance. And we need to continue to break down barriers. I guess that's all I have to sort of say about this topic. Um, it's been brewing in my mind the whole week. Um, I've, I've, I saw tweets from J.O.D. Emery and I think uh, another uh, marijuana activist in Canada, Dana Larson, I believe. So I, I've seen tweets from them talking about this topic and putting putting into words um, what I've been saying much, much more succinctly and better but because they've been at this a lot longer than I have. But in short, yes, we need 420 and we're never going to need to really get rid of it because it's, it's, been, it's been demonized for so long. We have to undo that and indefinitely. We're going to need 420 indefinitely. And, that's, and 420 hopefully never, ever, ever, ever goes away. And as always, stay medicated, my friends. Peace.